Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's lesson of the week is take care of yourself. Your health matters, your mental state matters, how you love yourself matters. You know the saying, treat people how you want to be treated. I will argue, treat yourself how you want to be treated because you are the best thing. So with that being said, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Do a temperature check, figure out, make sure your body's right, your mind is right. And if you need to reset, do what's necessary to reset um, whatever your self-care regimen would be. So that is my lesson of the week. But without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast guest. So this week's guest is a video producer, on-air talent, and entertainment correspondent who has enjoyed the artist storytelling his entire life. He is the co-host of the For All Nerd Show, which discusses geek culture from the perspective of people of color. He is also a panelist on The Grapevine TV, providing a worldly opinion from a millennial mindset and the host of Power After Hours, the power podcast for the fans. When he's not in front of a camera, he works at The Bleacher Report as a video producer where his team creates compelling short form video content around unique sports, athletes and events. He is known for his charismatic personality, meticulous interviews, style, passion for digital media, and his relatability to anyone, anywhere. He has worked with outlets like NBC News, The YBF, Hip Hop Wired, The Root. His work can be seen on any device that has internet connectivity. It is a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Jeff J. What's up? Yay! I didn't even want to hop in and tell you like it's funny you say the Bleacher Report. It's just Bleacher Report. Oh, it's all right. But it's funny because it's I'm like sorry. it's like the it's like the grandma version. It's like you work at the Bleacher Report. I'm like, no, it's just I TV. know. It's Bleacher Report. I put a the in front of there, but you know what? I don't say the to random. This is no correlation to Bleacher Report, but um, the dr like the dr people say the dr. I was in the dr. I don't say the dr. I be like. Dominican yeah, Republic. You can't trust people who say the DR. It's but people say that. I was in the DR. I was like, the DR. It's like, so, say the whole thing, right? <laughs> well, y'all, it's Bleacher Report. I, I butcher that. It's all good. But welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having for me. For joining me. Um, I like to usually start off and jump right in. So mm-hmm. let's get to it. All right, let's do it. First question I ask is, what is your deepest fear? My deepest fear? Um... I think I cycled through this a lot throughout the years. I used to have a, I have a fear of falling from heights, not so much heights itself. Mm -hmm. So that was one that's, that's been prevailing throughout my life. I've Mm -hmm. gotten better. I've gotten worse. Um, When I was a kid, I used to fear death. Mm. I used to fear death so much. Mm. Like I just, the thought of death, the thought of dying, people dying around me, your mortality. Like as a kid, I really felt my mortality because I just was like, damn, I want to live. I want to live long. And it it just really, really scared me. Um, I've I've kind of gotten over that. You know, the older you get, it's just a part of life, unfortunately. Um, But I think currently my deepest fear would be to... um, fall fall below the expectations 
that mm-hmm. I have for myself and to be a failure, to not be what I know I can be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're a kid and you do well in school, people hot, people lump all these lofty expectations on you. Right. And then after a while, you kind of start to buy into it. But then when you can see your own potential and see where you can go, you start to think, I, I need to get to a certain level and I need to, I need to be this way like you would think you would think 20 as a kid was like ancient (laughs) you know so it's like by the time i'm like 30 i gotta have this i gotta have this i gotta have that and if when you get there and it's like well i don't have all these things what's Mm -hmm. going on am i am i a failure like Mm -hmm. is my life pretty much a sham (laughs) but i think that's that's a fear that helps to motivate me and to really um stay on my job and do the best i can and and it's something that i've i've had to cope with because you know, failure is a necessary foundation of success, and it's not so much that um, that it's bad as much as you can learn from it. Right. I remember, like, originally we were chatting, too, about um, even just talking about fears in this other layer to what you're saying about um, failure of, of not succeeding, this, this fear of, like, remaining stagnant mm-hmm. or, or, or not— Remaining, not when I say remaining stagnant, but not like necessarily in a like remaining in a state of potential for your success. I think right. that's what you were communicating to me, and and having this thing where it's like I don't want to be in this place where it's like I know I can't succeed, and I have this energy to succeed, but I'm in this like kind of right parallel as well, just as like a another layer to um, the conversation. But could you expound upon what you mean by kind of like remaining in this? Uh, potential, you know, of state of success. Why are you asking me about stuff I talked to you about months ago? You know, <laughs> I just, you know. Nah, I'm just teasing. Um, so you have potential energy and you have kinetic energy, right? Let me let me dust off my science degree for like <laughs> use it for like the one semi annual time a year. So potential energy is stored energy mm-hmm. and it needs a catalyst to release it so that it can be kinetic and that it can flow. I feel like we all have the potential to do something, do something right. great. And your definition of great and purposeful is something for you to define within yourself. And I think there's no worse feeling or one of the worst feelings you could have is to see your potential, mm-hmm. see that potential energy and not be able to release it. And you stay complacent within a job or a life situation mm-hmm. where it's comfortable enough but you're not happy. You do it because you can, not because you want to. Right. You're you need to pay the bills, but are you living your dreams? And living with that regret is something that'll gnaw at your soul right. for the rest of your life. So when you have that potential energy and you don't and that potential talent, that potential skill, and you're working on it and you don't utilize it to the to the fullest possible way you can, then it's almost a waste. Mm. And I and in a, it takes a lot of people. It takes time. Everybody's time is different. Right. It takes time to figure it out mm-hmm. and to figure out how you can apply it. And that catalyst could be anything. It could be an argument that you have at your job where or, you know, your manager says some wild thing to you. And you're like, you know what? I don't need to be here anymore. Okay. Or you could be a writer and you write a, a freelance piece for an outlet and it gets so much engagement and interaction and people um reacting positively Mm -hmm. to it or you could create a video or you could create some piece of art 
that changes literally someone tells you this changed the trajectory of my life right and that is the moment those moments are like the it's like the red pill matrix moment where right. you wake up and you realize the world around you you see what you can do and then it's on you to act upon it facts i just wanted to expound upon that because i thought it was a very you know in our conversation i thought it was just very unique perspective right and looking at in the way of like people are thinking about their potential right and not fulfilling their potential but also remaining in this mm-hmm. silo like it is like right complacent kind of stagnant mm-hmm. environment and I, and I wanted you to talk about that but to circle back around to your fear of failure how do you define success knowing that you have to have failure in order to be successful how do you and your you know mind define success i ask myself that every single day <laughs> so any day i have some type of challenging situation or things don't turn out the way i think they should or i suffer a failure or any type of situation, I, I ask myself that question. Mm-hmm. What the hell does success look like for me? I think if I think about it for myself in a vacuum, success is being able to see incremental achievements mm-hmm. and building upon that for the next one. So if you think about it like a bar graph or any type of plot, if it's if the line is going up, <laughs> if it's going up, if it's increasing, whether it's exponential or just constant or or just like slowly rising, as long as it's rising, then I know that that's success for me. Okay. It's being able to recognize the achievements, to unlock those achievements, set milestones, meet them, and then ask yourself what's next and going to that next level. So being able to progress and see your progression, that to me is success. And it's not even so much measured by others, mm-hmm. right? That That's one measurement. And I think that's something that we, we allow to define what success is for us. Right. Because, oh, if, if, if a million people ain't reading my stuff, if if I don't have X amount of views or likes on my mm-hmm. content, then that doesn't mean the content is good. That may not mean that may that just may be one uh, factor. That might be one um, attribute that you can put towards what overall success is quant- quantitative. But the qualitative success it's one it's it can be subjective depending on what you do, and two there can be other factors. Are you publicizing your stuff right? Mm. Like, are the right people that you want to see it seeing it? Mm. Like, the people that it will appeal to? Like, what's your reach? There, there, There's a, a, a multitude of reasons why your stuff may not resonate, right? Right. So, so you have to be able to, de- to dive down into that advanced, um, that advanced analysis to see what it is. But in terms of just, like, that overall success... And and really being able to measure it, you have to look at everything or else you'll go crazy. Yeah. And so even even you speaking that it seems like it ties back into that stagnant thing. Right. Because you said, if I don't see these increments, if I don't see this like this bar graph where it's the line is going up. Right. Or, or it's going up. Um, 
Then it's like, or not bar graph. That was a line graph. Actually, I said bar graph first. I was just I was like, thinking like I got I all was my graphs. Using the line, <laughs> but in the bar, I was like, it's stacked and right, it's going right, up. Right, so right. I was like, but the line graph, you don't see it going up. So it kind of ties hand in hand too, right. right? Of just feeling that that complacency or that stagnant, and knowing that you have this opportunity to be to to fulfill your dreams and your goals, but also knowing that like I could just remain in this what. At this moment, or what people think at that moment is successful, right. but that may not be what you define as successful for right. you. Right. When did you know, like, I'm fulfilling my purpose and what makes me happy? Mm. I would say probably before all of that, right? Because the way my story goes, I was working. I was tell working us, in. Tell us the story, honey. I give y'all. I give y'all. I give y'all the elevator version. So, like, I was working in corporate America, and at the same time, I started. I started writing. I started doing freelance writing. I started doing a whole bunch of stuff, and it was primarily an escape from life and from my my job because it wasn't really fulfilling to me. It was mm-hmm. just something I could do because I had the skills to do it, but I didn't right. love it. So I just started writing. I started doing a whole, and then it it evolved into social media management. I taught myself Photoshop. I used to do flyers on my campus for all the organizations I was a part of. And I, I taught myself uh, video. Like I, I went out, I got myself a Mac. I started investing in myself and really starting to mm. build upon it. So I started working, working and doing working in all different types of media, audio, video, written, whatever have you. And that incremental success I was talking about, I used to, I saw it. Like I, I saw the views on my videos. I saw the um, the hits, the blog hits on on the blog post that I would write, the comments, the interactions, the community we were fostering, and it was cool. But I always saw it as a hobby, mm. and it wasn't until I started doing video stuff that I I said, "Yo, I could do this." Yeah. So. There was a, it's called BT Her now, but before it was centric. Yeah. So I went on and uh, I went on an audition because they were doing a show. It was kind of like a talking head show in the same vein of I love the 90s and guy code, girl code, those type of things yeah. where they were talking about relationships. So I was coming in as like they had comedians and bloggers and I was coming in from for a blogger to just like talk shit or whatever. So I go in and I have my audition. The VP of the of the network saw my audition and said, yo, we should give him his own segment. Mind you, I had no experience, zero experience in TV Mm -hmm. my entire time. I started doing a man on the street segment where we go and we ask people the same questions, relationship questions. We were asking our panel. Right. And we shot about two pilots. The show got picked up for two seasons. And unfortunately, I didn't get picked up with it because they did their internal testing and they felt like think from what they told me there were too many men and they wanted to make it equal and then my spot was like the first one to to go which i understood but the fact that i i literally came off the street to to audition for something and i got i i went from a talking head to getting my own segment was when i first knew this is real Mm. This is something that could potentially be my career. But, you know, you got to pay bills. You got to work. I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. And I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm going to keep this in mind. I'm going to keep building it. So I kept building it up. I, I kept doing I, I was doing my my own stuff, my own shooting, my own videos and, and building my own YouTube pages. I was um, on other shows and I was hosting for them. And I started building my portfolio yeah. until I got to the point where I was able to. um 
get the interview at Bleacher Report because they were starting our group, which is the Social Moments group, which is the all the cool video and graphic stuff that you see coming out of our shop. That was in its infancy and they were looking for a wide range of people. Mm. And I was able to get the interview, um, get in and I got the job. And it wasn't until that first year where I completed my first, my first major assignment, I think I started during the NBA finals mm -hmm. and we did a whole bunch of stuff and I was in and I was doing, we were doing a whole, we were putting out so much content, but to be in the group of creatives and, and to create with other people on a consistent basis. And this is my day job. Like this is my day job. Like this isn't like what I do on the side or what I do at my job when I'm done with my work or even not done with my work. And I'm just trying to get mm -hmm. stuff out. I was like, yo, I really did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I really thought. I was like, yo, I really did this. I cannot believe that I dreamed this mm. and this is what I wanted and it manifested. Because if anybody followed me on Twitter since Twitter's been on, you would have. The reason I joined Twitter is because I was writing and I wanted to um, get my writing out there and join the community and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would talk about wanting to have a job in media all the time. Yeah. All the time. So when people. Also, when people would that I knew on, in the, the Twitter community and the social media community for yeah. years would hit me and say, yo, I remember when you used to talk about X, Y, Z and to see you get there. It, it, it inspires me to go out and want to do that. And I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I still can't believe it sometimes. Yeah. So that's really when I knew when I got in there and it was the culmination of everything I've been doing. Mm -hmm. That's when I knew, yo, I really did it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Prior to that, I mean, not to, you know, spill tea on the on the podcast, but I know on our way here, record, you were saying, you know, a year prior to Bleacher Report, that career-wise, you weren't happy with what you were doing. Nope. And so, mm -hmm. what was it about that experience before that was the turning point for you to know, like, this is not, this is not what... I am supposed to be doing in my life. This is not my purpose. Mm -hmm. This is not my passion anymore, or it's not my passion right now. And like, I need to kind of take a step back and reevaluate, reset. You're going to tell them all my business. All I, my, mean, I thought I didn't know this conversation was on the record. I knew y'all was going to bring it up. I knew you was going to bring it up. Well, I shouldn't people. have been having fearless with any conversation I had prior to this. Right. Oh. <laughs> I feel you. Nah, it's all good. Um, so, I, I was telling you this. I was so we don't tell our whole majority of the conversation. I was telling you this before, where I felt I feel like everybody at their job, when you're ready to leave, you have the the fuck it moment where <laughs> something happens at your job and you're just like, yo, fuck it, I'm out, I'm I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm like this is it for me, right? Mm -hmm. So that moment came for me at, at my previous job where. Um, if you're, if you work in corporate America or any type of job where you're evaluated on your skills, you're familiar with performance reviews and performance evaluations. Oh, God. And uh, listen, that can probably be its own thing in itself. So I'm not even going to take it left talking about that. I will just say I had reviews where, and it had happened to me prior, but it happened to me again. And it was a culmination. Once again, two separate times within the time period um, actually it was the first one that really set it off. That was my fuck it moment when basically we worked in quarters. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the quarter, you get evaluated yeah. and you get your score, whatever. Right. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to assist you. So you basically get four scores and then your average is what you get for the year. 
Um, in a in a perfect world, that's how it works. So basically, I I come into the the review, and my manager, my managers that were on it, my manager and then the director, they're talking to my performance coach or my performance evaluator, who mm-hmm. is supposed to be the guy that, in case y'all don't know, um, that handles your career, the guy or woman that handles your career and is, is supposed to assist you and they handle your evaluations and yeah. they're there to like hear your side, hear their side and and usually that's how it, it goes, right? Um, so they start saying all this stuff that I was doing and the issues that they had with me that quarter and i'm here as shocked as you're looking at me that's how i was looking at them because i said you could have fooled me because you never said this throughout the whole morning no No warning no no nothing Mm -hmm. to correct course or any type of buzzword you want there was nothing i I, and i was looking at my my uh hr coach and i was like i've never heard this before from them in three months i said yo i've i've submitted my work i've asked for feedback I, you didn't give any feedback. I did everything you asked mm-hmm. me to do. I don't understand where this is coming from. So then they, they were going back and forth. And I literally was like, and I'm in an office. And I'm thinking that the office is more soundproof than it is. Because I'm on. I'm, they're all in a different city. And I'm the only one in New York. Right. So I'm having a call with all of them in one city. And I'm, and I'm here. And... I'm like at one point I'm like screaming like raising raising my voice like I don't give a I don't give a damn about any angry black man tropes or anything like that like we we they get in the full me right because I'm like yo I don't understand how you guys can make a determination on me based on what you think and not give me the opportunity to, to correct, correct it, it. Yeah. right and, and and I'm I'm looking at my I'm I'm talking to my HR coach like yo I don't get like I don't get how this is right. Where, where they can just come and say this. Because technically, anybody could do that in right. one way or another. So we're going back and forth. And my HR coach, he basically takes their side. Mm. And was just like, yo, well, this is what it is. You need to do better, blah, 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 blah. I hang up the phone and I walk out the office. And some of my coworkers that were there at our New York site were just looking at me like, yo, you all right? <laughs> They're like, yo, you all right? I was like, no, I will be. Don't worry. I go to my desk. I start dialing. And I call these headhunters because that's the other thing about corporate America. Headhunters will be on your ass and they'll just be waiting. They're like, they're like the 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 person that's waiting for you to slip up for your your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend to slip up in the relationship. Like, yo, don't remember, I'm always here. Like, right. If you ever want to talk, I'm here, you know. I like coffee, I like dates, like we can we can hammer it out. I will take care of you. So I call my headhunter, like, yo, get me the fuck out of my job. That's my my verbatim quote. But so so they were sending me all mad interviews with the same type of consultant work I was doing. So for like a almost a year and change, I was going on interviews, going on interviews. Mm-hmm. And then I went on an interview. And it seemed like it was like a six figure job, real comfortable. I could do my work, leave, blah, 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 in the same field. I left the interview and I just had an awakening. I don't want to do this anymore. That's exactly what mm-hmm. I said. I was like, Yo, I just don't want to do this anymore. So I ended up calling my headhunter and telling them, please remove me from any consideration for any other job. Uh, and um, I don't want to do this anymore. You don't have to call me anymore. I I, I would rather not go, not take, a, accept an offer and know I'm going to quit in a few months and make y'all look bad and potentially mess up your bonus money or whatever. And, and for myself. So once that happened... I looked at what I was doing, freelance media on the side, hmm. and I said, this is it. 
I, you know, I, I'm, I didn't have a family. I didn't have any major responsibilities right. that could, that could preclude me from taking that jump. I was like, yo, I'm going to do this. So I started looking for jobs in the media space and that was its own, um, journey because i didn't have professional media experience quote unquote so a lot of places i had to redo my resume and do a whole bunch of stuff just to make myself more palatable to some of these outlets Mm. and i got some interviews that didn't make it and then it wasn't until i got to to bleacher where i was able to you know from all the help that i was getting from people before to groom me and groom me in my media career to where i was getting now that's where i was able to manifest it and that was everybody has that moment where you wake up and you say something needs to change and i even gave myself a deadline i said by june it was 2016 by june i'm out one way or another i'm out and i would tell you any i'll tell anybody on this thing um anybody listening anybody on the podcast don't you should not quit unless you have another job available but i was at the breaking point where i said i'll be a starving artist i'll i'll do i'll do odd jobs You know, I like when, when you get in trouble and you're like, I'm, I'm about to move away. I'm I'm, I'm going to run away. I'm right. going to do all this. That's how I was sounding. You ain't sounding. got no plan, but right, you're just right. like, I'm leaving. I'm going to pack a bag. <laughs> all it is, right? So, um, so that was really what it was. And then once I was able to do that, I knew... I, I got the job offer in April, I believe. Of so the it, following uh, of, year. Of that, of that 2016. So I was like two months away from my break point. But, oh, well, but amazing. Right. So... That's what that's really what was the catalyst for me saying I'm going to drop my fear, my fear of being broke, my fear of not being able to see, my fear of being inexperienced and really follow my heart because I knew I could do the job. Mm. If 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 the job was to be creative and to be um responsible and to handle yourself in a professional manner and just be better at what you do than anybody else, then yeah, I can do it. I know I can do it and I will bet on myself for a change because I was ready to bet on myself and anything else. Why not in the in the place where you spend the most time in your life at work? You know what I mean? Like, why not do it there? So that was it. Yeah. Come on, manifest. Come on. Why did you say why did you advise and say, like, I will tell anybody, anybody listening, do not leave your job without having another job? Because it's prudent. It's It's what you should do. It's what you should. It's a, and, and, and you know, maybe that's my our parents speaking through me. Right. And to say, like, now you know, you know you should. <laughs> Don't be leaving your job and acting like you're going to stay here because you're not. No, nah, but um, no, I'm just saying, like, ideally, right. right? Ideally, you should not leave a job until you have another one lined up. Or if you've saved money. You right. strategically plan right. this out. Yes, exactly. Like- exactly. It's not just like, yo, but but sometimes you got to go. When you got to go, you got to go. I know so many people and I say they're way braver than I am because they jump out on their own and they and they they believed in themselves and they got way better jobs than they had before. So it it can work. There's no one way. That's why I would just right. say I feel responsible I feel a responsibility to tell you don't just jump out because I won't sell you a dream either. It ain't easy. And it, it ain't, ain't for easy. everybody. Not and it everybody ain't. is made it ain't. for that life. Right, right. So, But I do think it's very important to highlight that you said you had to, you know, take a bet on yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and like really say like, I can do this and believe in myself to do it and to really put a strong foot forward to doing what I am passionate about. And But what else did it require from you internally? To really like, not just from a skill set standpoint, but mm-hmm. internally to really own that, like, you know, confidence and going in the room and really like solidifying this opportunity at Bleacher Report. 
Um, I think for me, it was first, it was my parents Mm -hmm. and everything they put into me Mm. and everything they believed I could be. I didn't want to make them. I didn't want to prove them wrong. Mm. I didn't want to prove that. Yeah, I didn't want to prove them wrong. And then from them saying they knew I would be somebody one day. And like my dad, my dad was somebody who really set an example for me um, from a man perspective and just looking up to him and just knowing later on everything he was dealing with. But he put on a a different face for me where Mm. he made it so that I would aspire to be better than him. So he made the the I won't I don't want to call it an illusion, but he gave me his best face and his best face was somebody who who graduated college, even though it was later on in life. He graduated college. He had a job. He was achieving. He did all of this and he and he did it a certain way and he wanted me to be better. So I looked at every accomplishment he had and I said, OK, I'm going to eclipse that. Not because it's a competition, but because it's the birthright. Right. And, it, and it's part of your legacy mm-hmm. and, it, and it's part of of your lineage. I have to do right by my lineage and my mother just seeing how she's so family oriented, so put pour so much into her kids and her family, no matter what she has to do, no matter how many jobs she had to work mm-hmm. and just the care and compassion that she has and just her as a person and, and her will, her will, and her determination, her intelligence and her way to to decipher what's going on in the world and how it applies to you specifically mm-hmm. and how you should interpret it and move on is it those certain characteristics from them that I looked and I said yeah this this is what I need to hold on into your heart and then also it, it's it's your heart it's really mm-hmm. your heart man like I, I thought about it and I said you know if not now then when if not me then who what 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 else? What's the worst that could happen? I leave my job. I go into this new field. I completely tank. And then I have to I may have to go back into that field, which I have years of credentials and experience right. that I can go back on. Now, do I think I'm going to blow an opportunity and get into this field and, and not succeed? Yeah. No. But then you have to ask yourself, you have to look into your heart and see what you what, what you can deal with and then really Ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? What's really worst that can happen? And are you going to let yourself get to that point? And even if it does, you can find a way out. Right. There's other worst things that could happen. Right. 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 Or there are other worst things that happen in the world that it's like, you know what? What are all the worst things? That you, what are all the things that you've been through that you were like, oh, my God, I didn't want this to happen. Then it happened. And then you look back and you're like, damn, I got through this. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like I got through this. So. It is hard when you talk about the fear of being broke and the fear of being walking (laughs) away from this like steady income and doing all these things. But by betting on yourself, you came out even better than where you. And it's not easy. Like, I I hope I don't make it. I'm not oversimplifying it. It's not easy. This is a lot of uh, you're hearing my internal conversations and hyping myself up. And you got to hype yourself up sometimes. And, um, you know, you you have to have the right people around you. You have to have the right support group. Mm. You know, I I think I think women have that like on 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 Pat, like like, you all have that down Pat, like with with your your friends and your group chats Mm -hmm. and all of that, like, like, like to specifically hype you up to do something. Like, I feel like guys will, like, clown us to do something at, at times. Like, you know, but it's it's all in love. But it's like, right. but then at some point, it's like, if you're really down, you're like, all right, like, it's time. Like, let's do it. Like, what you need from us. Like, let's right. get it. But you, you eat, however you get it, 
have your support group around you too because it, it is not easy at all yeah and and being a you know a black man and having a support group or having a brotherhood how did you go to your support system and your and your brothers and say like you know guys i need this help i'm tr- transitioning completely into a different field and like you know, I'm having moments where mm. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I didn't make, you know, because sometimes you do that self-doubt thing where it's like, did I make the right decision? No. But like, how did you lean on them? So I, I think every man has a moment where they go through something and they power through it alone, no matter how extent, expansive and extensive of a support group they have. Mm. And and then when you find out later, you know, you get cursed out because everybody's like, why did you go through this alone? You know that we were here, which is why you'll hear a lot of times people say, check in on your friends and blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times you could check in and they'll still tell you stuff is all right. And you got to take them unless I'm looking at you in the eye and I can see your tells to say, right. come on, man, there's nothing. I can see you. you're twitching. You're looking to the left. That why? means there's something's wrong. Right. But I would say for me, it was a mix. You, I think it's important, at least for me, to know who to go to. Okay, come on, talk, come on, Jeff. <laughs> talk it. I, I think it, to know who you you, I compartmentalize a lot of my relationships mm. where I know if I want to have fun, I can I can talk to these dudes. If I wanna, if I need like financial help, I could talk to these dudes. If I need introspective analysis of myself, I could talk to these dudes. Some people in in all those groups fit into their own subgroup of these are like my these are like my personal um think tank. This right. is my my personal support group. This is like my council where I can go to and go to everything. So I think for me it was checking my pride at the door. And just speaking to people and just letting them know what my journey was and like where I was going and giving them updates. And I I love the advent of the group text, like the WhatsApp, the group me's, um, the the messengers, all of that stuff. I love it because it's so it's so much quicker than email to like be able to talk to people. And if and if you know, you can evolve like if, if it's if it's a more um, if it's a more extensive and robust conversation where you need to follow up, you could go to text one on one. Then I can call you. Then I could video chat you if we're not in the same city. Like I can do I can go through the progression of chatting and messaging so that I, you know, we can get what we need right. to get. So for me, it was just really one knowing who to go to and then dropping my pride and just having conversation because what's the use of having a friend if you can't tell them what you about your life good or bad right. especially in, in uh, the bad stuff and the and the the stuff that you're you have trepidation over and and your fears what, yeah. what's the use who else is gonna help you like yeah you family blood is is cool too but you need it from all i think areas like whoever you define as your family if you can't go to them or friends if you can't if you don't have those people in your life then what's the use of calling them friend exactly ah shit you right? got that right there Jeff. you got me on that that's true it's absolutely true on and oh, I was going to say on the same token, if somebody's telling you your issues, help them out the best way you can. Like, don't try to be something you're not. If you're a good listener, be a good listener. If you can offer advice, offer advice. But be earnest in in your communication with them and your understanding. Like, mm. even I, I think a lot of times we try to analyze ourselves and, and sometimes you are not qualified. We are not qualified and you, you do need professional help. help. So where, however that is, well, whoever that is. So even if you're just like, yo, do you want to, do you think you should speak to somebody else about this or somebody who's more qualified? That's helping more than being a wall. You know? Right. I wanted to talk about 
kind of hone in more on this happiness conversation and more on like your personal pursuits, goals, dreams, and aspirations. Um, are you happy? <laughs> that is a loaded and easy Everybody, question. Oh my at the gosh. Same time. I'll be like, is it that? Because, you know. You're like, ain't none of y'all happy. <laughs> Are you currently happy? Let's right. not talk about because you know happiness, the emotional, uh, the the state of happiness can mm-hmm. always shift. I mean, that emotion can always shift, right? You can right. be happy today, something happens tomorrow, right? So let me. Are you? I'm, I'm teasing happy? you. I'm teasing. You. It's all right. I'm teasing you. Um, no, I am happy. I am happy. I'm actually. I'd say, at this like this time period is the happiest overall mm-hmm. that I've been. Probably in years, mm. like with everything, like I'm just I'm just super happy because I feel like I have the clarity of purpose mm. and my vision and where my end goal is and the path. I see the path. Like sometimes you walk that path and the the street light is out <laughs> and it's and there's fog and you can't see the floor, but I feel like it's bright skies and I clearly see the path. I see the obstacles mm-hmm. and I know how I have to walk. Yeah. So, I'm, I, yeah, I am happy. The other question I wanted to ask you is how do you take care of yourself to remain your best version of yourself? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, first, I, I try to I try to stay as healthy as I can mentally, spiritually, physically emotionally i think that's all the spectrums um health wise you know i i I try to stay active in the gym and working out that helps to release stress um you know mentally i i've 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 had therapy and i've i'm looking to do more therapy and and find one a consistent therapist to go Mm. to because i feel like that's something that i personally want for myself Mm -hmm. there's somebody impartial that i can talk to and knows how to decipher what i'm saying and maybe can find something in myself uh, certain impediments that i can release so i can be the best version of myself Mm, because i know i know i have a lot of flaws and i need to work on certain um certain flaws and really work on all of them right (laughs) get all of them out of here like work on all of them but i think for me it's more so identifying the flaws that I don't know that are flaws mm. that may be that may be something that's glaring because you know you you know your friends you you know your friends flaws and sometimes your friends don't know them but you tolerate them because they're your friends right but when you have that conversation like you know you always do that <laughs> you know you always do that what right? do you mean? And then all the friends are like come on you always you always do this it's like something like that where the always thing that you do identifying it and seeing how you can change change that and, and be the right. best version of yourself so I, I i'm looking into that you know i do like little me- meditation here and there read certain stuff affirmations try to keep knowing when to unplug mm. from 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 the internet from people and just have that me time and that self time to just uh I was about to say resurrect. It's not that deep, but just like refresh and replenish your energy. Right. Um. That's really what I. That's really what I do. Is is um. You know. I, I try to make sure that I. 
I keep that work-life balance and and do things that I like, always stay active. And a lot of times when I'm doing stuff like podcasts or creating content, I love it. So it's not so much of a a burden to me. Even the technical, you know, like the editing and all of this craziness. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a burden, but it's not like something that I, I hate. It's something that I enjoy. So I try to do things that I like try to stay healthy, try to st- stay mentally uh, fresh. And that's really that's really pretty much it. I try to follow all the, the, the normal guidelines that you would follow. Like uh, sleep, I can get better at. And I'm, I'm starting to see now, like I test myself here and there where I'm like, yo, I really can't operate off of four or five hours sleep anymore. I can't. And I probably could never, but I could play it off at this time. I can't do it anymore. I need sleep. Yeah, uh, you know, at, your least body. Six, at least six at least six. Like six, I'll get up and I'll be like, boom. If I sleep too late, though, it's like I'm tired. Yeah. I'm like, how? You slept for nine hours. Like, right. how are you tired? It's, right. It, it, but it's it's funny how scientifically that works. But, yeah, those are a few of the things that I do. To be able to know, like, these are the things that I need in order to be the best version of myself is very important. Right. I challenge everyone to really sit with themselves, be still, and really figure out what is it that you need that's going to fill you to continue to be the best version of yourself in your day-to-day routine, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about dating mm. and love. Mm. And, and and does that play into your kind of pursuit, you know, of happiness and what your goals and, and your visions that you aspire and have for, for yourself, you know, mm. in your life? Mm. So... Are you single, one? Like, that's the first question, right? Are you single? Mm-hmm. Um, you are single? Yes. Uh, I, th- I thought you were asking I like, more. I thought you were asking more. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. People need to know, you know. <laughs> He's single, ladies. He's single. <laughs> yes. You go. <laughs> yes. You go. Yes. Um, so when's the last time you've been in a relationship? And are you... That's the, one one question inside a question and the other side of the question is like are you at this point in your life currently you know actively dating mm. passively dating <laughs> passively dating casually dating intentional intentionally dating like where are you at you know in that regard well um the last time was this year okay so i you know recently got out of something and um i would say now i'm kind of like I don't know what I would call it per se, but mm-hmm. I guess it's like, you know, I, I guess <laughs> passively dating would probably be the the uh, the best. Right. <laughs> Just thinking of what you're thinking. Like, I, I, you, you know, know what it's, active it's, is like when you look for a job, I'm actively right. looking. I'm on every LinkedIn day, 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 like, right. Passively, it's like, you know, with the right opportunity presents itself right. and crosses versus casually dating. Because I probably should have gave some descriptions. Casually is like... You know, I know that I'm not really interested in anything, but I'm just like kind of here and there or whatever. I'll go out with someone and then intentionally dating. It's like, I know exactly what I want in the next thing that I get into. So my intentions going in is like, this is what I want. I'm clear on it, and this is like the direction I'm okay. going to move okay. for a second. Those are some, to... those are some good de- definitions. I had to just get a definition right. just because people were like, "What is what is what does this mean?" Right, what does that right. Mean? Okay, right. so but that's what I was. So I would say for me. I'm probably somewhere like around like like outside all of that spectrum where I think after I'm one of those people where after like a breakup, I kind of reset. I have to reset and refocus and say, okay, 
um, you know, learn the lessons that you learn from that and then just move forward. And I think for me, one thing that I've had is a targeted focus on my career Mm -hmm. where I, I just feel like now there's really no, there's no pressure. There's no anything that there's nothing. There's no outside factors positive or negative that's gonna stop me from focusing on where i need to go and that was like my reset it's like okay what am i what is what do i need what is the important thing in my life right now you know besides like family god or you know whatever have you and i'm like yo it's my career like it's time for me to take off and go to the next level like i i i can't i and i i I don't have any restrictions i don't have anything else to consider right now but myself so i kind of locked into that now along the way you know my eyes are all my eyes are open you know what i'm saying like it's it's i don't think i i've shut myself out but i i'd probably be a more a, a more more along the lines of from your definition passively because i i think for me to be a hundred percent intentional i have to be whole mm-hmm. and i don't think i'm whole like completely whole where it's it could be like yo i'm I know what I want and I'm going out and I'm doing that because to me at this point, it's like, if it finds me, then I'm not locking the door. Right. But for me to go out and actively seek it, I know myself. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I'm, because I'm not the type, you know, is people who hop from one to another, another, another. It's like, damn, damn, give yourself time to breathe. Like, breathe. You know, you know, it's, you're not going to go broke. You know what I'm saying? Unless, unless you have certain arrangements, you're not going to go broke. (laughs) You don't have a, you don't have a significant other. But, um, but yeah, so I think for me, it's like, I know I would be doing, doing the woman a disservice if I was actively looking and then I come to you and I'm like, well, Put this put this jigsaw puzzle together and then you know we could talk. Like you know what right. I'm saying? I need to I need to be at least a, a significant like significantly whole in myself and just intentional in like mind, body, and soul. And for me now it's more so I have a focus. Yeah. But I won't shut anything out. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you'll be a hundred percent whole? Like I feel like it's the goes to that question of like when people will be like, Oh, I'm not ready yet, right? I gotta mm-hmm. do these things. But are you ever really ready? You never You know 100%. what I'm saying? So I feel like how do you when you said whole, I was thinking like like it reminds me of when people say I'm not like ready. Right. Yet, or right, like right. how do you know when you are whole mm-hmm. in your definition of like what you feel like is whole right uh, well some- uh, let me caveat that by saying it's as whole as you can get to because right. I, I think we're, we're we're all walking around with scars <laughs> we're all walking around with some scars Scar like we, i think i think we're we're never i don't think unless there's extreme circumstances and even in some of those i don't know if you ever 100 percent get over somebody especially if you were dating them seriously i don't think you 100% get over them i think when i when i say whole it's more so to say i'm ready like i'm just ready i mean i'm never going to be right. 100% but i know i'm ready to commit my time and my patience and my love and my understanding Standing. towards somebody without and then you know the other thing is complete transparency mm. and i think a lot of times we get caught up in 
trying to put on the correct face so that you can get whatever it is you want to get as opposed to being transparent. And if you don't, you know, if if you want to have a casual relationship or if you're just doing, you know, if it, or you're super intentional, be transparent about it because it's better to be... you weeding out the people. Right. And then on top of that, it's like you never know what the other person's intentions are too. So if you're, if you're selling them a dream... Come on. And then they want their ref. They're gonna want their refund at some point. You know, at some point, if you're selling them something that you know, it's like Amazon. You go on and you're like, um, "I want to, I want a refund because this isn't what I ordered. ordered. The product is not exactly. like it was it on the site. It doesn't what reflect what it says on, on the site, site. right? And... So you don't ever want to be in that position. And and once you get to a certain like grown level, like whatever level of maturity you get to. There's no reason. It's more stress than anything to be like putting up a facade for the sake of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So for me, it's just like I, I keep that transparency and I keep my focus on on my dreams and my goals. And I feel like doing that. Right. You know, that you'll be fine. Yeah, because it'll come. My dad always said that. And I always feel like I feel like I said this before, but my dad always said, like, focus on your career. All that other stuff will come to this day. Focus on your career. All this other stuff come. I'm like, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there, honey. I'm getting up there. But I'm also like, I get it now. Like that, it didn't click with me when I was like younger. But now I'm like, I get it. Like I totally understand. Like if something is supposed to happen or somebody's supposed to come into your life, it's going to happen. Once you know, once you're focused on all the things that you're trying to manifest yourself, that mm. that person's going to, it's just going to happen like at the right time. Right. At the right. right time when it's supposed to happen. So, I want to close off the episode with talking about looking for it, right? Mm-hmm. So, what to you is your recipe for success? My recipe for success? What to you, keyword to you, to is me. your recipe for success. Okay. And then let me add something on to that. How can how can we, the listeners, hold you accountable to make sure that like you're continuing to hold me accountable? Because I saw it, y'all. Y'all ain't see his ass. <laughs> you guys are recorded. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, hold me. What the y'all, y'all? Y'all gonna check up? Y'all gonna be at me on Twitter? Well, like, right, remember you, you said, said you said because <laughs> remember when you had said you was gonna do this? I'm like, girl, I don't remember that. <laughs> like, nah. But just okay, like, let's talk about it. What is your recipe for instance? success mm-hmm. and then how can we hold you accountable to manifest like your goals that you have for I'm not going to say forever because goals change right, right. Let's be honest but just for the rest of the year look at that just for the rest of the year it ain't even that long In three months not three days. months I ain't even that long so what is the recipe for success what, what is, is my recipe, recipe for success um that is a great question. You know when people say that's a great question, that's a stall tactic, right? So like, so you keep thinking. Um, but it is. But it's an awesome. That's an awesome. Because it actually is making me think. Like I don't have an answer off the top of my head. But it's, it's making me think within myself. I think for, my, for me, for Jeff, the recipe for success is working, working hard, mm-hmm. working smart. Mm-hmm. Um, being, being, uh, what's the term I want to use? Being, uh, effectively proactive. 
not just performatively proactive where somebody was like, well, I'm just going to get on top of these things because I know there's stuff that I have to do versus knowing like plotting out what what it is that's most important to you. I read. Have you ever read Seven Habits for Highly oh, Effective no, People? Oh no, but that um, definitely. So one of the things it's one of those. It's a good you know good guide. One of the, the biggest thing I took a, away from it is they do this. He does this like four quadrants about like what's like urgent and important, urgent and not important, not important, not urgent and not urgent and important. Right. The quadrant where it's important but not urgent is where Covey says. You, that's where you live to manifest, like to brainstorm your big ideas mm. and work on work on stuff that's not like checking emails and putting <laughs> out fires and doing like day to day activities. It's really building on what's next, thinking out like what are the projects, what yeah. are what are the problems you can solve, what does your path look like, like where do you want to go in your career. The, brainstorming those ideas is one of the recipes for success for me because. Once I have the big idea, I know how to break it down into smaller segments. Yeah. So, so working hard, working smart, being and that's to me is being effectively proactive because within that you can you like little stuff. So, like I'll have projects and I'll have projects lined up for dates. So, if I have downtime, if I'm not thinking about the next big thing or like certain projects that I have working, mm-hmm. I'll just work on the stuff ahead of time so that I can get it out of the way so that I have more time to mm-hmm. think about the bigger things. So, being effectively proactive active um also one recipe for success is eliminating my pride and being able to to receive advice Mm. receive advice and receive guidance no matter whether the person is my junior or my senior Mm. because those people can add to me Mm. with their wisdom and with their knowledge and give and bestow that upon me so that i could be a better professional better person so being able to accept that being able to Focus on the big picture and and execute that. Working working hard, working smart, and never. And, and for me, an, another thing is just never, never quitting on myself. Mm. Just never quitting and never never uh, never being lax towards my goals. So like if I you know, for example, I have accountability buddies with the gym. They're like, yo, you went today. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like, yo, are you injured or are you hurt? <laughs> you right. know, like, like what's going on? Like, are you going to catch that back? Like, are you getting up? Are you doing that? Like, stuff like that where I know to keep keeping me accountable. So um, I think those those things, thinking of them right now for me is is how I can become successful. Yeah. Like, and how I define it, the recipe for me. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as holding me, how can y'all hold me accountable? Um, I think if you if you follow me or you know the stuff that I do and you don't see personal con- some type of content out from me in a while, yo, what's going on? You you on vacation? You chilling? Like where the videos at? Where the podcasts at? Like you do like all these things? Like what's up? Like where 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 that? Like yeah. what's good? Like that that's that's healthy pressure. Because mm-hmm. then I'm like oh somebody's watching you know so i think that and just um yo if you see something i put out and you have constructive feedback give it that is the that's a great way to hold me accountable because you will help me get better yeah and give me that that you'll you'll add to my passion to be the best i can be amen 
We would do that. <laughs> First of all, that not getting lax on yourself. I was like, oh, I felt that. <laughs> felt that. Well, first of all, I want to thank you um, so much for joining me on the Fearless Kia podcast. It's been a pleasure to hear your journey, um, to discuss your fears, but then to also discuss, you know, that your happiness and, like, where you're at in your life and really, you know, being in an opportunity and in a position to really do what you love to do. Um, it's always inspiring to hear. I usually um, like to end off the podcast with a quote. Mm-hmm. That ties to the person's fear. So the quote that I found is from Winston Churchill. And it says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That's great. That's like a, that's a fire quote. So I'm going to leave you guys with that to mule over like I didn't say it, mule. Mole. Mole. Mule. I, mule. I, I might say I mule. always be saying it wrong. I'm like mule. So like if it's you mole. ride the mule, I think it's mole, you shouldn't be riding the mule. So if you mule over it, you're like riding the mule. So it's maybe mole. It's mole. Okay. <laughs> we got to it, y'all. I, I thought it's you saw mole. my face when I was talking about the mule. you like, is it? <laughs> I'll leave that to you guys to mull over over the weekend. Hope it inspires you. I hope our conversation inspires you to continue to work towards your dreams, your goals, your operation, uh, your aspirations, and to not let fear hold you back from everything that you can manifest for yourself. And with that, I wish you guys nothing but love, light, and many a blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out.